You're tuning in to Persepolis Podcast, where we discuss the book Persepolis. I'm Caden, and I'm here with Chance and Jacob. This week, we read pages 1 through 30, so I'm going to let Chance give us a little summary of what was going on. So, so far, what we've read about is about a little girl named Marjane. She was born one year into the Islamic Revolution. When she was born, she was always very religious, and at age six, thought she's the last prophet. Every night, she talked to God, whether in her head or this really happened. She's been very interested in the world around her and what's been going on due to her parents going out and protesting about the emperor. One day, on the last page we're reading about, her dad came late because he was taking pictures of what's going on, and he has important news that we do not know about yet. Thank you, Chance. Now, Jacob, would you like to introduce our discussion questions? Of course I would. So we have quite a few discussion questions here uh, going over uh, the concepts of the book. And we want to get deep into the ideologies of what is going on and have a really deep discussion here. So I will present the first question, which is one of Caden's. Why does the young... uh, Marjane's thoughts on religion being the one thing that matters conflict with her parents' motives. So, Caden, would you like to start off? So, I asked this question because I thought when she was talking with her dad, she had a very stubborn attitude towards him. And one of the main reasons I thought that it was conflicting with her parents was because her parents have matured and seen the morals of it all, but she's still a child, so she doesn't have that ethical sight on the world yet so she has that one passion of being she's trying to be accepted by others and her teachers so i was just wondering if you guys had any other thoughts on that yeah i thought she doesn't completely understand religion yet you know she's pretty young still and uh her parents not only understand more about religion but just basic uh, concepts in life as well and so I think that her um, lower understanding of relig- religion currently conflicts with her parents' motives in the way that uh, it's pretty hard to explain. It's Her parents want her to understand the basic life concepts, but they can't because she needs to mature more. She thinks, oh, I'll just you know be the next prophet. Um, I can talk to God every day and I will become the next prophet and I'll be some religious leader, but... Uh, she needs to understand that it doesn't work that way and that there's more things to life than, you know, talking to God every day and, you know, trying to get everybody's respect in order to become a future prophet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she fully understands what her religion is yet. She just does it because that's what she's told, which I think is a really big problem in society these days, like with our schools, how we're all being told things, but we don't really understand them. Yeah, and I think if anyone can explain her religion best, it is her parents. Because I feel like since their family has an insight on what the religion is and what it's supposed to be and how they're going against it, they really have that full 360 view of it. Yeah, and I feel like... Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you can oh, go Okay, well... I do feel like uh, the parents with a better understanding of religion, uh, they seem to be questioning it as well. If you remember that one part 
where they're saying uh, that he wasn't blessed by God, talking about their great-grandfather. Uh, it was instead um, the authority giving him this position. And so yeah. I feel like when they explain that to her, it may take her some time to get it, but when she matures, she'll get it more. Yeah. Chance, what are your thoughts on it? Um, what I was going to say is that I think of it as Marjane is only six years old. So right now, her religion is based on God controls everything. Right. But based off of what the book's going on is that it's not really true. As the parents were talking about, he was not chosen by God, even though the new emperor was saying that, oh, if I can do this, it was God's bidding. And the point of it is that God is like the higher figure, but he doesn't control what's going on in the life. It's for the people to do good and become better. Yeah. So, like, she thinks that God is the only factor in religion. But in reality, there's a lot of politics that go into it. And as a child, you don't know much about politics because you play with your friends. You learn what's in school and they're not allowed to teach politics in school. So I think that it's hard not getting the whole her whole head around it. Yeah, it, there is a few things that you should, you know, take time to explain to a child, especially six years old. And that is you have to take time to explain to them politics and religion because, you know, there's very complicated subjects involving uh, politics and religion. So it definitely takes time uh, for them to grasp that because at an early age, if you try to teach them that, they could form start forming opinions that may not be correct or may be, you know, flawed in some sort. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly how you get uneducated voters in our society. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, yeah, that could be one of the reasons. So how about we move on to the next uh, discussion question? All right. So this one is also from Caden. And this question is, what is the significance in Marjane cutting off Grandma's story early? Okay, so I asked this question because on around page, I'm going to say 20 four she grandma starts telling her story and out of nowhere she goes i'm hungry mm-hmm. so it's this hard it's a hard thing i was reading this and it just is puzzled my brain because grandma's telling her about a grandpa who was this great man yeah. and how he sacrificed her life for everything and how he just had it hard he was going to prison a lot and then all of a sudden she just goes i'm hungry so i think she was doing this because she was frustrated and she didn't want to be there so as a child you say what you need to to get out of conversations but i also believe that she cut her off because she wasn't being told what she wanted to be told the story wasn't as happy as she thought it was going to be it also seemed like she, what she wanted to learn from the grandma was about like how he was a prince. She didn't want to hear about how like he was treated horrible and he was into prison and stuff like that. She wanted to hear about, oh, my grandpa was a prince. He lived like in a big castle, as many children think. Yeah. And I think it was just because it didn't go the way she thought. It just kind of made her impatient, as many kids are. So it's understandable. Yeah. And over time, she'll Because when we go a few pages back, that's where she talks about the great part of the story, right? Uh, about how he was a prince and he was granted such a grand role in society 
and you know she was super excited about it it's like my grand my great grandpa was a prince that's or my grandpa was a prince that's incredible but then when she her grandma went on to the bad part of the story about how he was thrown in a prison cell about how he was mistreated about how all of his belongings were taken away uh that's she doesn't want to hear that negativity you know as a child you want to hear the positivity and things and not the negativity and so that's probably why she you know cut cut grandma off there yeah so like i think that one of the main themes of the section that we read was that it's a maturity that was one of the big themes and childlike behavior because she, yeah. we're being of these aspects of how she's has these parents that are dealing with one of the biggest problems in her country and trying to bring it to light and she's here just trying to be accepted and kind of trying to follow the status quo because she's a child yeah. and she wants to be loved by everyone because not being liked is not one of people's favorite things as a child you can only take so much and you know all the knowledge that was you know dumped on her in that short amount of time probably you can't take that you know yeah mm-hmm. but i also thought it was because that she has a very strong love for her country because as a child you're taught that it's your country this is your home she hasn't seen all the bad parts of it yet so as she's being told all these horrendous things that's happening she's like no i don't want to believe it go get me some food like oh yeah let's and you know growing up during a revolution can be de- can definitely be tough yeah i would hope i would figure <laughs> chance you had anything to say um well i think it I think you guys pretty much covered it. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll move on to the next question then. Uh, this one is from me. Do you think that her wanting to be a prophet is a possible foreshadow for later in the book? So what I mean by this is, as you guys know, she wants to be a prophet. She thinks that she's very religious, and if she keeps this up, she'll be a prophet. You know, she wants to be a leader. Uh, do you think that this could potentially be a foreshadow later in the book where she actually becomes some sort of leader in some sort? Or do you think that this is just revealing something about her character uh, is what I further mean by this question. So I'm going to say that I think this is her character development. So I think yeah. it might be possible foreshadowing because her saying she wants to be a prophet might foreshadow that she's going to become the opposite of a prophet she's going to rebel against her country because the prophet is sort of the religious yeah. hierarchy in her country so she's going to want and as what i've known what i've heard about this book is that it's about the revolution in her country so it might be foreshadowing that she's going to become something else she's going to become something better something more defiant yeah. than a prophet I think um on the other hand actually is that I think they're talking about her being a prophet because it's showing how religious she's going to be and I think through her life she's going to cling to that religion to keep strong and push through with this revolution yeah because everyone needs to hold on to something she wasn't she was born into this revolution she wasn't like not like creative but she wasn't like she didn't grow into the revolution learning about oh okay this all happened now I'm angry to fight back she's going to hold i think she's going to hold on to her religion to try and keep peace with herself while fighting all these outside battles in iran i really like that outlook on it how um 
she's going to how she's going to try and hold the one thing that she holds dear because I feel like maybe right now she feels like she's losing her parents because they don't agree with her. Maybe she feels she they don't love her. So that's a really good outlook on it. I never thought about it like that. Yeah, I can definitely I can definitely agree with both of your guys' views here. Um I think that her clinging to her religion is definitely a possible distraction from real-world problems. And you know, as a child that is definitely something valid that she could she could definitely grow up to continue with that. Um on the other hand, we can see in her character development that she wants to be a leader of some sort. She wants to have a higher position over others, not in an egotistical way, but in a helpful way. And I feel like that could either be actually some sort of profit, whether it be a religious profit, a political, you know, profit of some sort, uh, as in a, you know, person who has uh, driven some sort of idea into other people that has put her in a leadership role. Um, it could be something like against the revolution, like Caden was saying, because there's this revolution happening that's completely changing her country. And the direction we see this book going is that she definitely could become some sort of figure that would maybe change this or do something about it in some sort. Yeah. Uh, that's that's like so what I was what I'm trying to say is that she kind of wants to she wants to make a difference right now, but she doesn't have the full facts to know what type of difference to make. True. And we don't know where this story is headed. She could be a child this entire story just witnessing it or she could grow up much faster to the point where she starts becoming some sort of leader. Yeah. I believe she goes to the age 16. Oh, does it say that? Yes, I well, think so. So she'll be a She could definitely make some sort of an Im- uh, impact then. Yes, as like as like the next generation to take care of what's going to be happening in the world. Yeah. All right, I think we're ready to move on, aren't we? Let's mm-hmm. do it. All right, so here is uh, my second question. Do you agree with the quote, the revolution is like a bicycle. When the wheels don't turn, it falls. What do you think about this quote? So referencing the story, uh, Marjane said this uh, earlier uh, in front of some students, and they're like, wow, that's so deep. Um, and of course, looking at it from our perspective, it can be deep to a point, but there could be a possible thing you could say that could uh, counterclaim this quote uh, if you possibly disagree with it. Uh, my personal idea is, yes, it is true. The revolution is like a bicycle. Uh, like a bicycle, when the wheels don't turn, it falls. I think what she's trying to say here is that when people start, uh, I mean, stop um, pushing the motive or idea of whatever the revolution is, then it collapses. Um, But personally, I feel like there's other ways the revolution could, or a revolution could collapse besides just that. Um, I think that the people pushing the idea in itself can cause it to collapse if it gets too intense. I want to see what you guys think about this. Oh, yeah. So what I I was just about to say, I do agree with the quote when the wheels like people have to keep it moving people have to keep it going but i also agree that if it's also like a bicycle because if it goes too fast it'll crash so if people are going too fast and too quick with the revolution then they're going to lose control of what's going on and then it's all gonna go to it has to be calculated yeah yeah it has to be planned you can't have a revolution without a plan you can't have a 
you you just can't. <laughs> yeah, if you want to have a revolution, you better have a good reason and a very good way to execute it, because revolutions yeah, to, are a big deal. You have to have all the parts working together, like a gear system. Mm-hmm. Got this quote from somewhere else, or do you think she actually made it up, and is that intelligent? Well, I think she thought of this, and I feel like... I feel like it's creative. I wouldn't use the word intelligent. I would use the word creative because yeah, you're right. That wasn't the best word usage. Yeah, no, it's all good. I think that she made this weird connection between two unlike objects, which I feel like a lot of children can do easily. Yeah. But it's also very unexpected, even though they can do it a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, children are smarter than you think. We uh, children can make very interesting connections and it may be even more interesting than what adults think because when they're still grasping things they can get a lot more creative with their analogies or way of thinking yeah yeah and i think that no matter whether she got that quote from a book or from her head i think no i forgot i was gonna say never mind (laughs) (laughs) but um i do like this analogy with a bicycle because it's if you're like gonna expand on it just to kind of see where it's going you can suppose like a leader is the person riding the bike and the people who are pushing for the revolution are the wheels. If the wheels are stuck in mud, it doesn't matter how much the leader can push them. It's just going to make the tires worse and it's not going to go any farther. That's a very great way to think about it. I didn't think of that. That's very cool. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. So we only have time for about one more discussion question left. Chance, would you like to present it? Yeah. So I was going to, so one of my questions was, does learning a little history about a time in Iran so far change your thoughts on the country? Because as of now, we, we live in America and with right now with the times going on, Iran and a lot of those countries over there are looked as like bad upon us because of the whole war. Mm -hmm. So does this um, background knowledge of like how these children in normal families are living, does it like change your opinion? It does. Um, yes yeah you go you go all right yeah yeah it definitely uh in the way that i learned something so i thought the the countries in the middle east have had that kind of ideology for a very long time i didn't know that it was actually a recent thing that's happened um i know that they've had a lot of conflict in their past like any country but especially in the middle east there has been a lot of conflict and there still is And I do think that there is a stereotype against uh, that part of the country when it comes to people in America. We view them as like, oh, they're terrorists or, oh, they're, you know, really bad. But realistically, that's only the extreme. And we can see it in this book that the people in this revolution um, and mainly the, the extremists are really the people that we're looking at here. And so when we learn that information, it can definitely give us a new look on uh, what's really going on there. And I think it's very interesting. Yeah, I feel like nowadays, with all the technology and all, how much things cost and how expensive everything is, the value of being rich and getting power in these countries and being able to do what you want is very important. So the way these people are taking over very recently, it's it's a whole new outlook because you think that we're taught that Iran has been this horrible country, but it really hasn't. It's been this wonderful place of it's actually had good religion and it's had it's had beautiful culture but it's just it's just corruptedness yeah it's a aristocrat uh, arist- 
You're okay. Arist- I'm gonna try to pronounce this. Arista something. You know what I'm saying? Aristocracy. Thank you. Uh, and this has happened a lot throughout history, where people with wealth have all the power, whether you know they don't really deserve the power or wouldn't be in place for power. The people with more money have more power, and I feel like that could be an instance of what's happening. Yeah. So I want to before we go any further, I want to run on to Chance's last question just so we can hit it. Yeah. Would you like to introduce it? Yeah, I got. It. So I said, like, why do you suppose that it was illegal to take pictures of the things going on? Because when the dad was taking pictures and going out, they talked about how it's illegal and he's almost been to jail, but he escaped. And why do you suppose that happened? I think I know why, but uh, I'll let Caden go. Okay, so it's this. it happens because the countries like this, it even happens in our country, they want to portray this perfect picture of themselves. They want to make them seem like the best. So photographers go and put pictures of riots and fires and military killing people out in the media then it demeans the country so it's almost a sense of pride yeah the country i mean you can already tell in their schools they're teaching kids to learn this sort of uh, ideology and to learn this sort of thing about their country and they want to prevent anything from putting their own country in a bad light especially with the new ideologies that are being pushed in the country so people posting negative pictures of the protests that are going on in the country would definitely hurt them and it would definitely hurt their status yeah it also makes the military look bad because if you're having people riot over them and you're having your military be defeated then it makes you look weak to other countries, which makes you susceptible to attack and being taken over and getting your land stolen, which they don't want because then they don't make as much money and they don't have as much power. Yep. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in and I hope you come back next time when we need another 30 pages. This was the Persepolis podcast. <laughs>